Welcome to class, everybody. Today is our first Sunday of the year, 2020 Vision Sunday. We're going to be talking about a subject that should sound familiar if you went to movie night, Overcomer. So our scripture that we're going to focus on today is 1 John 5, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and wait for it, 5. And it says this in verse 1, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. It makes sense. You love God, you love His kids. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. They're not hard. They're not difficult. Number four, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So it's kind of, uh, you guys ever do math? Anyone in here taking algebra already? Geometry, has anyone ever taken geometry yet? Okay, so there is something called the transitive property of mathematics. And this is what it means. You might know this already, Zion, if you're a little ahead of the curve. If A equals B, and B equals C, then A equals C, right? Because it makes sense. If A is the same thing as B, if B is the same thing as C, then A is the same thing as C. Transitive property of mathematics, right? It's very simple. I think it's the beginning of geometry, so something like that. We have, do you have Bagwell? Mm -hmm. Oh, I have Bagwell, and he doesn't teach, he just sits there and oh. eats chips. Okay. <laughs> well, I had, I had some good math teachers. eats a whole... So, we have this here. If we love God, and God is love, and we love His children, then that makes sense. So, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We believe in Jesus, Jesus has overcome the world, so we have overcome the world. It's transitive property of mathematics. Verse 5, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? It's a little math lesson this morning in youth class. If Jesus has overcome the world and He's given us authority, then we, through Him, have overcome the world. All right? Oh, Sorry, that was my attempt at a Carlton. I was supposed to like... There we go. That's better. So, <clears throat> this year... We watched the movie Overcomer. It's about this girl, and she's running. She has asthma, and she's like, yes, sir. No, sir. Remember that? Yeah, real quiet girl. But then at the end, she's like, ask me who I am, right? Ask me who I am. And then she's talking about, yeah. And then the theater teacher, he's like, that, that is what I'm looking for. That was amazing. Remember? Yeah. Why, is it, why wasn't she in class was my question. So this year, it is January, <laughs> and we've got a long way to go. I know y'all are thinking like, oh my gosh, camp's right around the corner. It's six, six months, months away. So well, because it's in July, which is the seventh month. So we've got six more months. If would have gone the other day, what did it happen? It would have been the end of July, the 24th through the something. Yeah, it would have been like two days after my birthday. Yeah, it would have been, it would have only been a four day. You know, I've, I've been to camp on my dad's birthday for the past years that I've been doing. He should come visit. So uh, when, you, when you think of a marathon, right, there was a rapper who was killed last year in a drive-by, and his thing was like, the marathon continues. And everyone's been shouting him out because he was like a community activist and stuff. Now, I didn't listen to his music because it's a little, a little too salty for me. But he did a lot for the community. And he said the marathon continues. So when he passed, everyone was saying like, oh, yeah, you know, he's gone, but the marathon continues. We need to contribute to our community and different things like that. This year is a marathon not a sprint. Who is the fastest person in this class? Not me. Probably Zion. Zion, you're fast. I've seen uh, your mama puts like your football videos up there. <laughs> She's like, here's Zion with his fifth touchdown of the first quarter. Like, what? No, I can't do that. 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 I can't
and he's just chopping. So Zion's fast, right? But let me ask you this, Zion. When you sprint, typically it's like a 40-yard dash or a 100-yard dash or something like that. Do you run that same speed if you're going to run a mile? No, you don't run all out for a mile, but why not? You run out of energy. Y'all don't know this, but Mallory's mom used to run distances. Distances, yeah. Middle distance, longer distance. And there's a pace to it, kind of like we saw in that movie. You can't just burn all your energy right away. And here's the problem. When it's like new year, new me, and we see all these people out here in the gym, a lot of people burn themselves out right away because they say, well, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to read my Bible for two hours every day, and I'm going to work out for an hour every day, and I'm not going to eat anything but like green salads because all this stuff in the vegan life and pescatarians and Presbyterians. Right. But here's the thing. If it's a drastic change, now, I know that like God empowers us in different things, but if it's not from Him, if it's just from us, it's going to be very hard to do this. And a lot of people overshoot their capabilities and then they burn themselves out. We will be tested, tempted, and tired this year. It is a reality. It's just the facts of life. Come, usually it's like September, October, people just run out of gas. It's actually a thing. We absorb all the sun's rays all summer long. We're like, yeah, summer. And then when fall rolls around, your body misses all that solar radiation. And there's a medical condition called seasonal affective disorder. And they call it that because the acronym is now SAD. So when you're suffering from SAD, it's because you're like, oh, all these shadows, all these gloomy gray days. And if you don't have any reserve energy, you're going to run out of gas and be like super down. So I'm going to look at three different types of scriptures. If you have your note-taking app, we'll go ahead and fire that up. And I want to give you these things to stand on. Let's look at some scriptures that will give us strength for the long haul. So three categories. Category one, and I want everyone to do this with your arms. Mountains. Mountains. Okay. Category two, we'll kind of invert our pyramid. Valleys. Okay. And then make sure you don't poke your neighbor in the nose. Flats. Okay, mountains, valleys, flats. We got it? (laughs) So we're going to start with mountains. When you are on top of the world, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm king of the world. Like that guy who drowned in Titanic. I want you to remember these scriptures. It came out before you were born. You should know already. (laughs) So when you're on top of the world, I want you to remember these scriptures. Psalm 28 and verse 7 is where we'll start. So you guys type these down and I'll go ahead and read them. So when you go back and listen, you can hear it in the podcast. Psalm chapter 28 and verse 7. Psalm 28 and verse 7. It says, and the English Standard Version is what I'm reading. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts. And I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to Him. Let me tell you why I included this scripture. Because when things are going good, it's very easy to forget God. I'll repeat it one more time because it's dangerous. When things are going good, it's easy to forget God. If we have everything we need and everything we ever wanted and everything is given to us so easily, pride can creep in and say, Hey, 
You don't need God. You have everything you need. You're doing great. Why would you need God? Well, this scripture reminds us, even when everything's going amazing, when you aced your test, when your friends threw your surprise birthday party, when you come home to your favorite meal, when everyone, you did something cool and it went kind of viral locally on TikTok or whatever, you're like, yeah, I'm famous. Remember, when you're on top of the world, my heart trusts in Him. There's actually a story in Daniel chapter 9 about a crazy king called Nebuchadnezzar. And he looked at his kingdom one day and he's like, look at my kingdom and oh my gosh, I'm a God. And then God spoke to him and said, you are going to be struck down. And he lost his mind and went insane for seven years. And he lived outside the palace walls and he ran around like a wild animal. And he didn't have anywhere to sleep. He was just out in the wilderness and people looked at him and they're like, is that a man or is that an animal? Because he was so crazy. And then he was restored and he said, you know what, God? It was you that did all this for me, not myself. And we live in a culture where everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to start it at the bottom and now I'm all the way up here. But we can't forget God. Second scripture I want to look at is also in Psalms. And we're going to look at verse, I'm sorry, chapter 106. Let me scroll a little bit. 106 verse 1. And it says this, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He's good, for His steadfast love endures forever. I love that. His love endures forever. See, the thing that we might forget when we're on the mountaintops is that they're only mountaintops because that's the highest we get. If everything was a mountaintop, it would actually just be flat. No one wants to ride a flat roller coaster. That's called a train. <laughs> okay? <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, click, 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 click. And the reason that you enjoy the ups is because you know the downs are coming. And the loop-de-loops and the hurl whirls and the jumping jacks and all whatever they have. So you have this, that even though you're on the top, you need to remember, hey, when difficulties come, which we'll get to valleys in a little bit, I need to remember his love endures forever. And the reason I put that up there is because, again, that pride, there's this temptation to say, I'm doing this because I'm pleasing God. So everything's going my way because I make God happy. But the problem with that is now there's this temptation or this fear that says, well, if I do something wrong, then God's going to take all this away. Now, remember, we are saved by grace, not by works. You can't earn your salvation. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. Only faith in Jesus will do that. And we talked about last, a couple series ago, what tough times don't last, what tough people do. We said that nothing we do causes God to love us any less, and nothing we do causes God to love us any more. And I think we touched on it with the Good Shepherd, too, that we're not human doings, we're human beings. And I want you to remember this. His love endures forever. So when you're having a great time, when you feel like you're on top of the mountain, that doesn't mean God loves you more. He loves you just the same as He does when you're down in the pits or when you feel like nothing's happening in the flats. In Colossians chapter 4 is the next place we're going to go. Colossians. Not Colossians. Colossians. Mm. Chapter 4 and verse 2. And it says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Being watchful. Remember that 
And we live in a culture that always wants to kind of chase this high. Like, I want to be famous and I want to laugh, 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 laugh. I want to have fun, 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 fun. I want to party, 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 party. And there's people who have entire channels, entire reputations, entire lives built on just being one wild, fun party animal, right? And then they say, hey, keep up with us. Like, keeping up with the party animals. And we think, I want to be like that. I want to have this perfect filter and perfect hair and no zits and no negative vibes here. But we need to be watchful and continue to pray because the opposite of the mountains would be the valleys. When life seems to be all uphill, take heart in these scriptures. I want you to also remember these. Go ahead and type them in or write them down and come back to these throughout the year. Because like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Romans 8 and verse 18. I love this scripture. Romans 8 and verse 18. Romans 8 and verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. One translation says these present sorrows don't compare to the glory that's coming. Any athletes in here? Anybody play anything at all? Jacks, jump rope, cheerleading? Anybody? Is anybody in here a cheerleader? Anybody at all? Yeah. So we have athletic pursuits. And in order to be the best at these athletic pursuits, we have to do what? Just show up and show out? How do you prepare for athletic events? Practice. You have to train. You have to teach your body how to react in these moments. I was watching this guy on, I was just scrolling Instagram, and this guy kept hitting all these shots and all these shots and all these shots in like a little bitty basket nailed to a light pole. And like, oh, this guy can shoot. This guy can shoot. Somebody actually went and looked him up, and he never even made the NBA. He was in the G League, and he only shot like 29 or 30% from three-point range. Not that good. So we saw him on this little trash can nailed to a lamppost, and we're like, oh, wow, he's good, he's good. But in reality, he wasn't as good as it looked because he was kind of framing the whole thing, like he hit eight or nine in a row, but it wasn't under pressure. No one was guarding him. It wasn't a regulation rim. There was no game situation. You see what I'm saying? So we see this, and we're like, oh, you know, this person's doing so much better than I am, but you have to consider your circumstances. Romans 8.18 says this present suffering in our body, the things that you're going to go through this year, there's going to be some tough times, some trials, some difficulties. But you have to remember, I'm going to persist through this because there's a payoff coming. The reason we go and we lift weights until we can barely walk anymore, you know what I'm talking about? Like, ah, I'm sore. Ah, I want water, but I don't want to move. Do I need water to survive? Right? You know the feeling. Or you run, 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 and then the next day, like, your legs are just two logs down there and you're just wobbling around like a pirate the glory that's coming we understand what this looks like in the physical body but we have to remember also the hardships that are coming presently in our life whether it's betrayal whether it's uh, sickness whether it is something that we're going to have to deal with whether it's a change of family situation you have to move somewhere or somebody gets a different job or loses a job it's all suffering but it doesn't even compare with what's coming next. And that's hard for us to understand because we all grew up in our little flesh suits. Right? This is the only body you have. But then you have to think beyond what we can see. We, none of us in here have ever seen like the afterlife. 
But we know that we have hope of going to heaven because of Jesus. And everything that we go through in this present time, it's not even comparable to what's about to happen. So whenever you're struggling, I want you to remember that scripture. I'm going to flip on over to the Old Testament real quick and look at Isaiah 43. And this is actually a song. Sister Ruthie made it kind of into a song, a hymn type thing. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Okay, here we go. 43, verse 2. Now this is a promise from God. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Now, it would be easy to think that when we serve God, everything's going to be, you know, happily ever after. It's going to be like the end of High School Musical. We get what we want, and we win, and we're like, yay! The end. Zoom out, play music, dance along. <laughs> but we are going to have difficulties here. The important thing to remember is that God has not left us in difficulty. I remember we said when we were on the mountaintop, God's with us. When we're in the valley, God's with us. David even says in Psalm 23, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear because you are with me. And there's that tendency again to think, well, if things are going bad, I must make God mad. That's not how it works, okay? God's not some Disney stepmom where if something happens, she's like, oh no, I have transgressed against you. Now, we know that when we sin, we open ourselves up. Like if you lie to someone and then it comes out later, yeah, you get the consequences of that lie. I'm like, well, you told me I was your only one, but I've seen your private story on three other phones. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> Sorry for putting you out there like that, Zion. So, when we sin, there are immediate effects Sometimes people are caught. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it doesn't come out for years. And then everyone's like, oh, I thought I knew him. But sometimes nothing happens to our natural selves, but we perish in like the spiritual sense. Like, oh man, I've lost this communion with God. I lost this security. I, I feel like I'm just wandering around like a boat without a heading. And I'm just floating in the sea and I don't know what's going on. But if we remember that he is with us, even in difficulty, we don't have to be afraid. You get some bad news at school, something happens, or you get hurt, you have to go to the doctor. God is with you in that. He hasn't left you like, well, that's on you, deal with it. God's with you in your difficulty. And a lot of people, like people have gone through crazy stuff, diseases, missionary people on the other side of the world, they've said this, that they never felt as close to God as when they were suffering, because that's all they had. Like people who went through the Holocaust and they were unjustly imprisoned and beaten and tortured and all these different things. They say, I felt God there with me because he was all I had left. Remember when we said on the mountaintops, it's so easy to forget God because like, yeah, that's amazing. But this, there's only one place to look and that's up. All right, last scripture for valleys. We'll flip on over to Philippians <laughs> 4 and 13. Huh, Philippians 4.13. I feel like I've heard that one before somewhere. Do I have a volunteer to read Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13? Go ahead, Madeline. All right, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. You got it? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. John, mm -hmm. do you know Big Josh's name? Did you 
Uh, I'm not sure. We'll probably talk about it after this. Okay, what, yeah. Whichever one is simple for you. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens and empowers me. To fulfill his purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That's good. Now, I want to give you some context for this verse, okay? Is there anyone who doesn't know what context means? Context means the time, the place, and the history that this thing was written, okay? Because if you pull a quote out of context, you ruin the scripture. Like one time I was doing a Bible study with guys, and I'm like, guys, you can't just pick any scriptures and say, we're going to preach on this today. You flip open the Bible and point at a scripture and said, Judas hung himself. Flip on over and says, now go ye also and do the same. What? That's not sound doctrine, okay? So there's a lot of people who pull this verse out and they're like, I can do all things through Christ. And they see it as permission. Okay, it's not permission. It's provision. I'll repeat it one more time for those of you listening to the podcast. It's not permission. It's provision. Some people say, well, it's okay that I do that because I can do all things through Christ. That's not what it means. Okay, it's not like, well, you know, my friend, let me hit the vape and that's okay because I can do all things through Christ. That's not what this verse means. It means when you are struggling, when you are suffering, when you are going through it, Christ gives you that strength to last. I can do all things. If you read the verse or two before, Paul is talking about how, yeah, I've lived in abundance and I've also lived through famine. I've lived through struggle. People, twice, people beat Paul almost to death. And they like dragged him unconscious out of the city. And so he's saying, hey, I can do that because Christ gives me strength. Not strength to be cool, strength to be a superhero, strength to avoid hardship. This is when you're going through it, Christ gives you the strength to endure. Most of us, when we're running long distances, it kind of starts right here. Am I right? Right in here. And you're like, ah, ah. I'm dying. <laughs> and then it starts right in the hip flexors, you know what I'm talking about? Because you keep pulling your legs up and pulling your legs up. And then you start to feel it up the small of your back because you can't even hardly keep yourself straight up. Yeah, and then at the end, it's just everything. Like all you can feel is like your head floating <laughs> and then fire from the neck down. And that's what Philippians 4.13 is talking about. Look, I can do all of these things because Christ gives me strength. So we've talked about the high points in your life, we've talked about the low points in your life, but let's talk about the boring, flat times. Has anyone ever driven from Port Lavaca to Victoria? Yeah, it's mostly just boring and flat, isn't it? Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes life is like that. Sometimes in life, it feels like you're driving from Port Lavaca to Victoria and nothing's happening and you're just sitting there and you're just waiting and you're like, hey God, are we there yet? Hey God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Remember that dream you gave me in the preteens and youth class and they had this amazing experience at camp? Are we there yet? Like I'm just waiting and, and nothing's happening and nothing's changed. Are we there yet? <laughs> well, in these flats, when life seems dull and monotonous, monotone, the same, keep these scriptures close to your heart. So go ahead and write these three down as well and I'll read through them. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Very popular scripture, especially for kids your age. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And everybody loves that scripture. But if you look again at context, those words were written for the nation of Israel 
during exile. They were not in their home country. And the prophet said, hey, God knows what he's doing. And they didn't get to go back to their country for many, many years. Seventy years, they are taken away. They burned their cities to the ground. They took all of their bright young kids. They brainwashed them and they made them citizens of a new country. And they are exiled. Time of exile. And in the middle of this time of exile, God says, hey, I've got this. And nothing changed for a while. And that's what I want you to remember. Because everyone's like, everybody loves this. Like, oh, I know the plans I have for you. And they say like a graduation or whenever someone gets married or someone's going off to college or something. They're like, I know the plans I have for you. It's a nice sounding verse. But again, you have to know where it's coming from. This is coming from a flat, boring time in history when Israel was not at home. They couldn't worship God. They were under duress. So whenever you feel like you've hit kind of this flat line in life, like, well, nothing's changing. I prayed for my mom and, and she's still acting the same. Or, you know, I prayed for my friend and they're still angry and bitter and hate Jesus and nothing's changed. What, what, what's going on? We're just kind of floating along here. Remember this. When God makes a promise, it will come to pass. Jesus was prophesied to show up hundreds of years before he stepped foot on the earth. But God came through. Jesus told his disciples, hey, I'm coming back soon. And that was 2,000 years ago. But we trust and we believe that he is about to come back. Now, we don't know like the day or the hour. And I'll do another series on that down the road. But this verse right here, whenever life is boring, I want you to remember this verse. God knows what he's doing. King David, remember we did our series about David and how he was uh, growing and learning and God taught him how to lead a country because he was obedient to keep sheep. It's boring keeping sheep. Has anyone in here ever done like 4-H or FFA? Raise an animal. It's boring to raise an animal. Yeah, not all animals are as fun as dogs. You don't go out and play with the cows. Yeah, they'll, they'll trample you. Pigs are messy and stinky. Yeah, and they're prickly. Like if you rub a pig, it's like somebody who hasn't shaved their legs in a month. <laughs> okay. You know where pigs are really cute? Right next to eggs and pancakes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a bacon joke. I'm showing a Pigs can be adorable. But here's what I want you to think about. When you raise an animal, like David keeping the sheep, it's boring. You feed them, you watch them grow a little bit. Well, once they're adults, it's just kind of like, yeah, you have to walk them, you have to take them to the vet, get all their shots and everything. Livestock is even more boring than pets, because pets you at least get to play with. Livestock, it's just you raise them, you feed them, you sell them, somebody else eats them. Not when they're full grown. When they're little, a little baby, it's fun to play with baby animals. But I want you to think about David. When he was in, he was 17 years old, guys, when he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And then he had to wait years. Imagine being David, like, wow, I'm going to lead the entire country. When? Just give it a minute. Years, guys. He killed Goliath, and he still had to wait. He married the king's daughter and literally still had to wait. So whenever life seems like it's taking too long, I want you to pray this prayer. God, I know that you know the plans you have for me. Even when it seems boring, even when it seems like, oh, it's just dull. I'm just running and running. And I don't even feel like I'm going anywhere. Remember that scripture. 
The same thing in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. Let's flip on over there. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. Psalms, Proverbs. Here we go. 16 and verse 9. Ooh, this is a good one. The heart, I want everyone to point to your heart. The heart of a man, so point to your heart. The heart of a man plans his way. Now I want you to point out. But the Lord establishes his steps. Does anyone ever have a planner for school, keeping organized? Yeah. And so you write things down in your planner and you're like, this is what's gonna happen. But it doesn't. And then things come up and you're like, oh, scratch that. Oh, nope, didn't do that. Oh, my show's on, let's not do that. <laughs> So sometimes our planner becomes a wish list. Like, oh, I was so organized back in January of 2020. And it's gonna be a long year. Things are gonna come up. Some of you are on traveling teams. We're already looking forward to camp. Some of you are gonna do vacations. Some of you are gonna do stuff over spring break. But we have to remember that the Lord is the one who determines our steps. I don't know if I shared this with you guys, but I always thought throughout high school that I was gonna be married by 20 years old and have a first kid by 22. <laughs> Guys, I'm 30. No kids. Yeah, I am 30 years old. So if those of you listening to the podcast, I don't look 30, I look like 28, 29, you know. But sometimes we make these plans and we're like, well, God, you know, I'm gonna have this and I'm gonna have that. And they're gonna have a red hair and they're gonna be like, mm, mm hmm mm hmm And God has his plans for us. So we know Jeremiah 29, 11, he has plans for us, but Proverbs 16, 9 tells us, yeah, you know, it's good to plan ahead and be prepared for the future, but we can't put God in a box. Say, okay, God, you've got uh, three weeks to come through, or you're a liar. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. God knows what he's doing. Even if we in our hearts don't understand, we trust him. And if you trust him, then you can trust what he's doing. And the last one for today is 1 Samuel. 16.7 for Samuel 16.7 Ooh, this is good, this is good Speaking of David David, if you don't know this, was the baby of the family out of eight boys and he didn't look so good he was a short guy he had nice eyes, kind of the Bible talks about like his face was okay but he was a short little guy just watching the sheep it's kind of an afterthought and Samuel goes to pick the next king of Israel and he was going to pick David's hunka hunka older brother, I imagine that he kind of looked like Thor, right? <laughs> I am Thor, the god of thunder. And Sam was like, this has got to be it. This has got to be the guy. And then God's like, no, that's not him. He's like, oh, okay, well, well, let me go to the next one. And so they kind of, I imagine them looking kind of like cell phone bars where it slopes downwards, <laughs> like shorter and weirder and weirder. And so he finally is like, uh, I'm out of boys. And he asked the guy, he's like, do you have any more sons? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got one more, but he's out in the field right so he brings him in, this short little guy, smells like livestock because he's been wrestling the sheep and fighting bears and lions and stuff. And God says, yep, that's him. He's like, this guy, this is a little bitty Napoleon looking. Okay. But verse 7, 1 Samuel, 6, 1 Samuel 16, God speaks to Samuel and says, Hey, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or on the height of his stature. Because I've rejected him. He's talking about the, the big, tall son. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. But the Lord looks on the heart. I'm going to tell you guys this story. I won't mention her name in case she's listening to the podcast. Probably not, but there's always that chance. I went to college, and I took a psychology class in a really old building. It was classic, and it smelled old. 
and I sat down, just kind of a regular seat. It was on the right side, about halfway up, a little further to the back, and not all the way to the aisle. And I heard this voice next to me, and this girl's like, hey, um, is anyone sitting there? So I look up, like slow motion, I look up, and I am staring, I'm not even lying, okay, at a Greek goddess. I was just like, uh, no. So she sits down, very pretty young woman, right? My goodness, like stunning. Have you ever, you ever someone's like, stunning? What that literally means is I look at you and I just stop what I'm doing. Because I'm stunned. Like, whoa. Like, how did she She had brown hair just past shoulder length, like these hazel kind of greenish brown eyes, <laughs> olive skin. She was fit and she looked like a supermodel. I'm not even kidding. Like, full out supermodel. I'm like, is this for real? Like, am I, am I dreaming right now? And she sat next to me and we became study buddies because the guy who sat on the other side of her was really creepy and like always wanted to talk to her. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm talking to I'm busy. But here's what I found out about this beautiful young woman. She was ugly. Every time that we talked, all she would do was point out other girls in the class, point out flaws on their body, talk about how they needed to work on this and work on that. And she actually, there used to be a restaurant in San Marcos and it was called Bikinis. And she, she was a waitress, and you can fill in the blanks. And all she was concerned about was her body. And by the end of the semester, uh, I couldn't wait to get rid of her. Right? Like, I want to sit somewhere else. And it was a full class, so we all had our seats and stuff. But at the same time, I was thinking, I have never seen such a, what we would consider, outwardly beautiful person. And in all my years of interacting with people and working with people and teaching kids, she is one of the most ugly people I've ever known on the inside. And it's weird because if you saw her, if some, like they say those red-blooded American males, if anybody saw her, they're like, wow, oh my gosh, she is so beautiful. But then when you got to know her, she was ugly. And God knew. And if all we were concerned about was the outside, then what's on the inside doesn't really matter. But we see a bunch of celebrities, a bunch of pretty people online, and they're so focused on their outside that their inside, it's like it's rotten. They don't take care of that. And she was always pointing out these other girls' bodies. Well, she needs to work on that, and oh, she needs to take care of that, and oh, I hope they have a surgery for this and this and that. And yet she was so ugly on the inside. And I still remember that. I haven't been in contact with her in probably 15 years. No, hold on. You were 15. 10 years. I was saying. Yeah, I was 20. So it's been almost 10 years, and I still remember how ugly she acted towards other people. And I think about this scripture every time about that, because you see Saul, who was king at the time, the Bible says he was head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the country. You pick like a, an NBA player to be president, and you just be like, yeah, my king's bigger than your king. What's up? My king will beat your king up. <laughs> Except when it came time to fight Goliath, the tallest person in the country was hiding. That's why David, one of the shortest people out there, had to go fight. You think about that. Especially now that we have this global NBA phenomenon where people all over the world play basketball. But the thing is, we are trained to look at the outside. Whether it's content providers, YouTube stars, celebrities, makeup artists. We look at the outside, God says, no, 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 I know what's going on on the inside. So whenever you're kind of just coasting through life, you're like, God, it looks like nothing's happening. No, 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 no. 
David was sitting there with sheep for years, and maybe it looked like nothing was happening, but God was getting him ready in his heart to lead a nation. And this scripture has spoken to me a lot in church because sometimes it may seem like, well, God, you know, we're just renting here. Nothing's happening at church. And what happened? All these promises. But you know what? God's training us to be faithful. God's training us to be in his word. So when things start snap, crackle and popping, we're not swept away by all of this that's going on. We can be grounded and rooted in the word of God. And that's important. Because a whole lot of youth love to show up for events and fun stuff. And yeah, it's going to be crazy. But then what happens when they grow up? Do they stick with it? Or do they just go somewhere else to be entertained? Something to think about when life is dull and monotonous. So I want to encourage you that God is with you every step of the way. And I want you to think, just spend a moment reflecting. Because everyone in December was always like, oh yeah, look back on 2019. And here's my top nine. And here's the craziest moment. And here was the top songs. We even looked at the top search results of 2019. But 2020 is here. And I want you to look ahead. And I want you guys to hang on to. Uh, Sister Alice has left some of these for us. Prophecies. Okay. If you got one, where did she leave them? She told me she left some in here. So we have prophecies that we're going to get to you. And we're going to spend a few weeks talking about these moving forward. Yes, there they are. And I'm going to kind of break it down for you. Because we know that sometimes uh, Pastor Rosie writes exactly as she hears. But God speaks to her as an adult because she's an adult. So I'm going to break this down over the next couple weeks. And I want you to keep it. I want you to kind of pray about these scriptures, read these scriptures that she talked about because it explains what she's talking about. 2020 looking forward. And I want to end our podcast today by praying over you guys. Then I'll pause the podcast and kind of talk about what the prophecy moving forward is going to look like for us as youth. So if you would just uh, bow your heads with me and we'll close out in prayer. God, we're so thankful for this year, this brand new year, a clean slate, a blank canvas, a fresh start. God, I thank you for everyone who's here and everyone who couldn't make it today is listening to the podcast. We pray over the year 2020 that you would sustain us, God, that we wouldn't burn out all of our energy in January, February, and March, but that we would know you are with us every step of the way. When it feels like we're on the top of a mountain and when it feels like we are in the bottom of a valley. And even when it seems like nothing's happening, God, we trust you. We have scriptures today that we can go back and look over. We can read. We can meditate. We can journal about them. We can draw and write them in different colors and hang them up on the fridge. And remember, through all these things that are going to happen this year, that you're with us, that you have a plan, that you're growing us, you're developing us. Just like sports, just like our coaches, they know where we're at and they know where we need to be. You know where we are. You know where we need to be. And God, I pray peace in the hearts of these young souls. I pray protection that whatever the enemy has planned for them this year to attack them, to try and tear them down or tear them away from you. We stand on the word of God. And Jesus Christ said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And I thank you, God, for this message that we would keep it in our hearts. We would meditate on it and we would trust you throughout 2020. In Jesus name. Amen.